FOMO. My name is Patrick J. McGinnis, and I'm a FOMO sapiens. And since you're here, I'm going to bet that you are too. And when you're like us and Monday comes around, you don't dread the new week. No, you wake up every Monday morning knowing that this week might just be the best one yet. This is Faux Monday, the snackable show that starts your week right with hot takes, life hacks, listener mail, and even some FOMO therapy. Hey everybody, this is Faux Mondays, the snackable companion of FOMO Sapiens, which of course will be back on Thursday with a full episode, our part two with Diego Saez Hill. But until then, happy Faux Monday. I'm your host, Patrick McGinnis, venture capitalist by day, author and podcaster by night. And of course, FOMO Sapiens 24-7. And we're gonna be talking about how Diego raises capital for his business on Thursday, Pachama. He's raised a ton of money. And he's raised money now for, I guess, three companies that I know of anyway. I invested in two of them. And so I got to tell you, like, he's really good at this. And the reason he's really good at it is he knows how to tell a story. It's really special. It's something that I love. And, you know, as, as we talk about, one thing I love about Diego is he told me something many years ago that I thought was really interesting. It's the fact that as uh, if you're American, when you're a kid, you go to kindergarten and we have show and tell. And you are just taught as a child how to tell the story about something you love and how to sell the room that this thing is great. Now, I did something very crazy for show and tell when I was in second grade. If you're squeamish, you might want to fast forward about 45 seconds, but I hope you will stick with me on this one because it's nuts. When I was in second grade, my father was a hunter and he he shot a deer as he did every year, as my grandfather did every year. I have not done that Um so if, if you are an animal rights activist, please know that I have not hunted. But um, but I do, you know, I come from a, a, a long line of hunters. It's just what you do in Maine. And so my father hunted this deer. And then you have somebody, you know, that comes and helps to cut the deer up for meat. And you give, you give all the meat away. Who can eat a deer, right? So you end up keeping just a little bit for yourself and you give it away. If you live in Maine, people are giving you deer meat all the time. So my father... He, um, he, in the process of doing all of this, the, the, he cut off the, the forearm of the deer. And if you pull on the, I guess the tendon, you can actually, the hoof will move. And so I thought that was really interesting and decided that should be my show and tell and brought that part of the deer into school and then demonstrated what would happen if you took a, a I guess like a, a pliers and pulled that. So sorry, I know it's disgusting. I think it's crazy. Nobody batted an eye because guess what? Again, Maine in the 1980s. It was a different time. So that, anyway, sorry, that's a massive digression as Holden Caulfield would say, but I felt like I needed to share that with you. So I also am a storyteller. And as you know, I've written books and stuff and I have learned the power of telling stories for lots of things. I mean, this whole thing is about storytelling. I just told you a story for goodness sake. And so I have learned the power over the years that I've learned how to do this because I, I didn't do it for a long time. You know, when I worked in banking, I didn't tell my story very often. I don't think people really cared. But now I do, and I have learned in doing a little research, the power of storytelling, because our brains are wired to receive stories. They're universal. They've been used across cultures and time. And in fact, storytelling was a major way of sustaining a culture before there was written word. And in some cultures today, even our culture, we all use stories to share what it is to be part of our cultures. And from birth, we are storytellers. We are crafted to learn 
via storytelling and narratives. And we think in narratives, whether it's about running errands, uh, what happened at work, thinking about our friends, we make up stories in our heads for every action and conversation. So we do this to ourselves, which is pretty awesome. And the fact of the matter is that our brains receive information differently when it is shared through a story rather than simply, you know, reading it or something. And then there's a study by Mary Helen Imordino Yang, a neuroscientist and human development psychologist at the Brain and Creativity Institute. And in the study, she found that when we hear inspirational stories, more blood flows to our brainstem. That's the same part of the brain that regulates our heartbeat, our breathing, and keeps us alive. <laughs> Holy mackerel. So tell me a story, please. That means we feel inspiration at the very core of our biological survival. Now, what is the point of all of this? Well, it's about the power of storytelling and lots of things that we do in our lives, whether it's raising capital, interviewing for a job, speaking, meeting new people, and trying to just like make a connection with those people. Because when you tell a story, you are memorable and you give context to people about who you are in this world and what you want to do. So that's what I want to talk about today. I'm going to give you six tips on how to tell that story so that you can be more successful and more interesting and more memorable and just more alive. So we will get into that right after the break. FOMO. Tudo bem, meus queridos FOMO sapiens. Now that right there was Portuguese. And as you know, I love speaking foreign languages, but I'm not alone. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off that list with Babbel the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Now, FOMO Sapiens, you know I speak four languages, and it takes work to stay on top of them, especially with French. C'est difficile. But with Babbel, I'm able to practice practical conversations that I can actually use in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash FOMO. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash FOMO. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash FOMO. Rules and restrictions may apply. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, or delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you improve efficiency by bringing all major business processes into one platform slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. And with rising prices everywhere you look, you gotta do the math and save money. Good news, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. So head over to netsuite.com slash FOMO. That's netsuite.com slash FOMO. netsuite.com slash FOMO. FOMO. All right, we are back. We're gonna be talking about storytelling here and the six tips about how to figure out the story that you wanna tell. So tip number one, we're starting basic here. <laughs> Ask yourself what story you want to tell. And I think the one that I would start with is why do I do what I do? Okay. So 
a lot of people ask me that question. And by the way, it took me oh, well, years to figure out how to answer that. When I left my job in the corporate world and started doing stuff on my own and investing and all this sort of stuff, people would say, what do you do? I didn't know how to explain that. And frankly, it was kind of weird because every time people asked me, I felt kind of unmoored. I felt insecure. I felt like a little bit like a loser. I got to be honest with you. And I think, you know, I telegraph that to people. So not having my story straight was actually very problematic, okay? And the first thing I did to figure that out actually was to, to, to start that journey was to write a bio of myself, okay? So I just wrote down everything I'd ever done and looked for the context in that, you know, and and what 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 was my sort of trajectory? So that is the, the first part is what do I do what I do? Answer that question by starting to write about what you have done. Get your bio down, get all the data together and that'll kind of help you have the raw material you need to begin answering that question. So that's number one. Number two, look for the hero's journey. Storytelling, good storytelling is about the hero's journey, right? It's You go back to the Greek legends. You go back to the great books. You go back to any TED Talk. They're all structured around the hero's journey. You know, this person faced adversity and they responded and in doing so found their meaning, okay? So what happened with me, once I wrote that bio, I started looking around at my own hero's journey and realizing you know, what had happened, right? What had happened to me was I went into the corporate sector, it all went really badly. As all of you know, I'm not gonna tell that story again. And then I sort of found meaning because I realized I don't wanna do this anymore. I wanna do my own thing. I wanna focus on things I love. And then I pivoted my career to working with entrepreneurs and investing and, and creating you know, businesses that didn't exist before. Now, this was before I did podcast and writing and stuff like that, but that was the journey that I told at the time. And when I started to explain to people, well, what do I do? I connect ideas, capital, and entrepreneurs together all over the world. That was a lot, I mean, it's still a little bit, I'm gonna be honest with you, it's it's a little bit amorphous. I refined that, but it was a lot clearer than, well, I left my job and trying to figure it out and all that sort of, because like, people don't wanna hear that. You know, there, There's no hero at the end of that journey yet. And so being able to say, listen, I started my career working with entrepreneurs. I went into the corporate world. It all went horribly badly and it liberated me to, to get back into the things I care most about. That is the hero's journey. And it was a lot easier to tell that story. So that is, of course, Number two, find that hero's journey. Look for that in your narrative. Number three, prioritize vulnerability. Oh my goodness. So really focus on that raw defining moment that didn't feel good. And for me, that was, and I didn't talk about this for a long time actually, because it was so horrible, but it was going to a doctor and finding out that I was in terrible health and that something was wrong. I had this mystery virus caused by stress and you know, stress does terrible things to a person. And I didn't know it was wrong and it was horrible. And so I remember sitting in that taxi and saying, as I was going home, just saying like, if I get through this thing, I am not going to do things the same way. I'm gonna change things up. So that was my defining moment. In fact, I even went to church and prayed on it. And I'm Catholic and, you know, Catholic, getting a Catholic person to a church isn't easy. <laughs> Sorry, if you're Catholic, please don't be offended. But, you know, a lot of people are like once a year church people. And I went into church on Ash Wednesday because I made a covenant with God that every Ash Wednesday, because I got my license on Ash Wednesday, I would always go to church and get my ashes. And I've largely done that. And I also that year went in and focused on, you know, I got to get out of this situation. Things are not good for me. And so 
yeah, that was, that was another moment of vulnerability. It was really like realizing like things were out of control and that liberated me. And that experience of just knowing like I need something different was so powerful in, in my own journey. So focusing on that vulnerability and being really willing to share it actually, it just makes you a lot more, I guess, you know, relatable. And people do this the wrong way all the time. Like I, I don't need to hear every bad thing that happened in excruciating detail. That is, that's a little much. Um, but finding that one thing that everybody can understand and relate to is it's a powerful part of telling a story. And it's Diego's going to talk about, you know, his new business is all about helping, you know, kind of counteract climate change and his house burned down because of a forest fire. So he actually shared that as part of the company's journey when they were raising capital and just talking about who they were and, and, you know, sort of introducing themselves to the world and people still talk about it. And he didn't do it in a weird sort of exploitative way. It just was part of the inspiration for what he does. And so I think, you know, that is, that's a really incredible example of how to share vulnerability in storytelling. All right. I got three more for you right after this break. FOMO. FOMO. All right, everybody, we are back. Three more storytelling tips. Number four, detail your conflict or struggle. So this is, you know, you have that sort of aha moment. What do you do next? And that is gonna be part of the hero's journey too. Cause like, it's not like you have that moment and then all of a sudden like the sun shines and the bluebirds are on your shoulder and everything's great. So I'll tell you for me, after I had the aha moment, I had to figure out how to leave my job, which was, whoa, that was hard. I'm so bad at quitting jobs. Like if you ever hire me, I'm not gonna quit cause it stresses me out. So like I had to have a, like a mixtape or I guess more like a playlist to quit my job that featured such inspirational hits as One Day More from Les Miserables. Yikes. I had to figure out what I was going to do next, which was really, really hard. And that had me flying around Latin America talking to entrepreneurs. I had this one, one thing that happened to me that I've shared with people in the past, which is crazy, which is I went to this big entrepreneurship conference. I got a ticket to it. On the way, they lost my luggage, Delta. I actually wrote to Delta's CEO. I found his, his email somewhere and they actually made made it all good. It was really cool. Thank you, Delta. But anyway, I lost all, I did everything to wear. And then I go to this conference and I'm, I'm just like, I realized like I've been out of this for years. I had done this earlier in my career. I was like a player in early stage investing in Latin America. Then I hadn't done it for years. I go back and I don't know anybody. And there's a, there's a panel of investors and people are like mobbing these people. And I'm just like, I could have been that guy. I could have been on, on that stage, but I'm not. And I just wanted to cry. And I, I might've had a little like one tear, but I was just bummed out. The next year I actually spoke at the conference and I remember being like, wow, I did it. You know, I stuck with this and I was able to do this thing that was important to me. So that was like a, a, a conflict that turned into something really inspirational that happened that, you know, I love to share with people because it just shows if you stick with something, you know, you can make some progress, right? It wasn't like I was the headliner at the conference. Nope. But I was on the stage and that was enough for me. Number five, unleash the transformation. The final part of any story is like, where did you end up? So I just share with you kind of like this moment of, you know, going from feeling very dejected to feeling very happy. And then I would say, you know, for me, I ended up making a bunch of investments. It helped to get me back in the game. Some of them did very well. I've met people like Diego through that who are on the podcast. And then like, you know, for me, I guess the final piece is I'm doing all this stuff and then FOMO comes back into my life. A reporter call says, you know, we've traced FOMO to you. And I'm like, yeah, why? And he says, it's in the dictionary. And I had been writing a book 
that was getting rejected. I had 33 rejections from publishers and all of a sudden, FOMO article comes out, I have a book deal two weeks later and here we are today. So that's the final part. It's it's a crazy, I mean, my story is wacko. I can't even believe, if you had told me my story 10 years ago, I would have been like, this is stupid because nothing like that's gonna happen to me. But it is really cool and I tell that story all the time. Number one, because it makes me happy to tell it because it is a really nice story. It makes me feel like, okay, I'm doing something that is meaningful to me and I've figured out something, but also like people love that story and they don't forget and it makes people interested to talk to me and I appreciate that. So having your story down, you know, rather than if I just walked in and said, yeah, like I have a podcast, yay. No, I mean, there's a lot more to it than that and I tell that story all the time. Number six, write it down. We started with writing down. We're gonna write down again. You gotta write things down. Anywhere, medium. I mean, does anybody use medium? I don't know. I still read medium sometimes. Anywhere that you can share your story, it just makes it, I don't know, it just makes it more fun to have it out there to the world and inspire other people. All right, so the six things. Ask yourself, why do I do what I do? And write about, you know, sort of your past to get that answer more clarified. Two, figure out that hero's journey. Three, prioritize vulnerability. Four, Detail your conflict or struggle. Five, unleash the transformation. And six, write it all down. All right, everybody, that is my advice on telling your story. I hope you enjoyed it. I, I love this stuff. I mean, as you can tell, I'm super jazzed up to talk about it. And um, I hope you are too. And if you have thoughts, ideas, doubts, questions, reach out. You can find me on email at letsconnectatpatrickmcginnis.com, on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis, and on Twitter at PJ McGinnis. Thanks so much for listening. Share this with somebody, actually. There's a lot of people trying to figure out what the heck they want to do. What is their story? Share this episode. I think it could make a difference. And until I see you on Thursday, take care of yourselves, FOMO sapiens. FOMO. If you like today's show, please be sure to rate it and recommend it to your friends. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis, on Twitter at PJ McGinnis, and on the web at FOMOSapiens.com or PatrickMcGinnis.com, where you can get all kinds of free resources to live a more decisive and entrepreneurial life. FOMO. Want more FOMO Sapiens and FOMO Monday? Head over to FOMOSapiens.com where you can listen to past episodes, learn more about the show, and find out how to advertise. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis and on Twitter at PJ McGinnis.